<laughs> Good evening, everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rene Rodriguez. I'm one of the elders here at Christ Church Westchester. Uh, the passage that I'm going to be teaching from this evening uh, is Samuel, 1 Samuel 23, verses 15 to 18. It's found on page 246 of your pew Bible. You can begin to turn to this passage as I begin to read it. Then I will pray for us and then get started. 1 Samuel 23, verses 15 to 18. Hear the word of the Lord. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained in Horesh, and Jonathan went home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless our time together by opening our hearts to see your character, your power, and your care. Help me, Lord, in the areas where I'm deficient so that all might be edified by the truth and power of your holy words. Amen. Amen. We've all been in a situation or experienced a point in our lives when we've been discouraged, despondent, or dispirited because of someone or something that has happened in our lives. During these moments, we oftentimes feel alone in our discouragement or perhaps temporarily paralyzed by the circumstances in which we find ourselves, unable to muster the will or the momentum to move forward even when we know that we must. Feelings of discouragement can stem from any number of hardships or trials of our lives. These feelings may come when we experience relational discontentment, or marital strife. Discouragement uh, can also set in when we feel disconnected from others in church or our social circles, or from being single in a world that is surrounded by not single. We can be discouraged in our jobs or from our work environment. Discouragement might set in during seasons of spiritual dryness when we don't feel particularly motivated to speak with God or feel close to him. Or, on a more practical sense, we can simply be discouraged by the sheer exhaustion of trying to be a good parent, of raising our kids in fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm not sure what discouragement looks like, currently looks like in your life, but my point is that we've all been touched by it at a certain level or to a certain degree. In 1 Samuel 23, David is, is experiencing his own discouragement he has just rescued the city of Keilah by defeating the Philistines as God has commanded him to do and probably rightly believes that he and his men have gained the loyalty of the people and are finally in a safe place. He is perhaps looking forward to a bit of rest and comfort and the stability of being in one place, even if it's for a short time. So you can imagine the depth of his disappointment when he inquires of the Lord and learns that the inhabitants of Keilah are about to give him up to Saul and that he must again pick up and flee for his life. This news had to be very devastating for David to hear that the people whom he had just delivered from the hands of the Philistine, and who were, by the way, of the same tribe of David, were about to betray him. So when David is one of the lowest points in his life, when he's most fearful and most vulnerable, 
How does God respond? He speaks into the heart of Jonathan, his best friend, and sends him to encourage David. Look again with me at 1 Samuel 23, 15 to 18, where we're going to see point one, which is my only point, God's encouragement. (laughs) So verse 15 through 18, David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained in Horesh, and Jonathan went home. Saints, this passage can teach us many things for sure. But for our time together, I'm going to focus on answering two questions. How should Christians encourage believers? And what is biblical encouragement? As you reflect on this a little bit, believer, let me begin by asking you a couple of questions. When was the last time that you felt meaningfully encouraged by others? When was the last time that you deliberately sought someone from this church to encourage them? Whether encouragement is a regular practice in your life or it isn't, we are called by God to encourage others. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Saints, encouragement is a necessary part of our walk of faith. To encourage others or to be encouraged by others helps steady our gaze on the Lord and, turn, and not turn from his path neither to the left nor to the right. For those of us who are believers, encouragement in the Lord is what gives us purpose, gives purpose to our trials. It's fuel and strength for our eternal hope as we journey to the celestial city. However, as Christians, we should, not, we should all be aware, we should all be aware that not all encouragement is equal or even works for the same goals. So let's take a closer look at how Jonathan encouraged David. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. And Jonathan saw his son rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. Jonathan didn't come to pat David on the back and to make him feel better. And he didn't come to him to say something like, well, you defeated Goliath and he was pretty big and you were able to defeat him, so you'll get through this, David. Chin up. No, Jonathan didn't do this. Instead, verse 16 says that he strengthened his hand in God. What does this even mean? And what does this look like? The answer can be found at the very next verse, verse 17. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, knows this. Jonathan reminded David that God had anointed him to be king of Israel, and as a result of that promise, no harm would come to him. He reminded David that he didn't have to be afraid because God is always faithful to his word and always fulfills his promises. That was true for David, and that's true for us as well. When the discouragements or sorrows of this life confront you, Are you able to sit in in obedience to God's word and not be afraid because you know that God is with you? When discouragement enters our lives, and it will, 
we sometimes need to be encouraged by God's eternal truths, that he loves us, that he equips the saints, that we are treasured, and that our struggle on this earth is worth it because of what awaits us on the other side. God knew that David needed encouragement, and so he sends Jonathan to David, who, like a pious friend, metaphorically takes David's hand and clasps it firmly into the hand of God, linking him to God's promises and his word. What a beautiful thing it is to know that we can encourage the spiritual walk of other believers by anchoring them to God's word and his promises. But friends, there's a big difference between godly or biblical encouragement and what I would call worldly encouragement or flattery. Flattery is not encouragement. In fact, it's destructive. But it's what we tend to do. We want the other person to feel better right away. And so we flatter instead of encourage. Flattery speaks to our pride. It speaks to our vanity. It coddles our desires for self-pity. And it steers us away from the truth. Proverbs 29.5 warns us that a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. And an even starker warning can be found in Proverbs 26, 28, which tells us that a lying tongue hates its victims and a flattering mouth works ruin. Biblical encouragement tied to the surety of God's word and his promises is altogether different. Biblical encouragement is life-giving and strong. It invigorates and inspires fresh vigilance and faithfulness. It's not about making others feel better, but about preparing them to know God and to trust God in a deeper way. Godly encourage, encouragement also strengthens our hope in God and away from ourselves. It reminds us that apart from God, we can do nothing. When we take hold of this truth and we really hold on to it tightly, when we truly believe it, it will help us point others to the one who will be with us wherever we go. And then them and us will have the strength to put on our spiritual armor and remain steadfast. Reflect with me for a moment. Let's take an encouragement audit together, shall we? Does the encouragement that you provide others bear the fruit of difficult obedience in every good work and word? Or does it overlook sin? Does the encouragement that you receive help you resist temptation and inspire you to pick up your cross yet again? David and Jonathan understood what it meant to be encouraged by God's word. They based their friendship on the love of God and for each other, and they sealed that friendship with a covenant before Jonathan departed to go home, verse 18. Saints, uh, sometimes God is going to directly encourage his children, and praise God for that. But other times he's going to use you as his encourager. He's going to lay it on your heart to encourage others. Sometimes he's going to use you as his divine messenger just as he used Jonathan. He's going to ask you to place the shaky hand of a believer into the firm and righteous hand of God and allows God's strength to be your strength, to be their strength. It's God's encouragement through you that will provide others with the courage, with the strength, and the spiritual food that they will need to one day see the face of God. And when we look at it that way, it's not a trivial task, is it? Hebrews reminds us that we're called to stir one another up in love and good works, to encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is one of the reasons, friends, why God gifted all of us to each other. 
And what a glorious gift that is. Saints, God wasn't satisfied to only use us as his messengers for encouragement. Our creator desires a deeper relationship with his creation. And so he sent his son from his heavenly realm into this world to embody encouragement in flesh and blood. Jesus knows what it means to, be, to suffer and to be discouraged and disappointed because he experienced it for himself on this earth when he descended from the heavens as fully man and fully God. He knows what we need when we're weary and heavy laden, and he invites us to let him carry that burden. One of the most poignant scenes in the, in the Bible uh, came right before Jesus' betrayal, on the eve of his betrayal, as he was preparing to brave the, the mob, the cross, and the grave. He stopped to encourage the fragile and fearful men who were following him, knowing that all of them would eventually abandon him. And he encouraged them with these words recorded for us in John 16, verses 32 to 33. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in you, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was not trying to build up the self-confidence of his disciples with these words. He was training them to endure by hope in him. This, friends, is the purpose of Christian encouragement. In the face of a dreary outlook, whatever it might look like in your life at the moment, Jesus is with you and is the ultimate hope and greater than any trouble that you might have. If you are an unbeliever with us tonight and don't know the hope that believers have in Christ, if you are discouraged in life, if you lack peace in your life, you can change that right now by placing your trust in Jesus Christ, repenting of your sin, that is, turning away from your sins and letting the whole world know that you will take on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because in this world, you will have tribulation, but in Him, you will know peace. Believers, your encouragement and hope can only be found in Him, the one who will overcome the world or who has overcome the world. He's our rescue. He is our forgiveness. He is our restoration. He is our peace and our security. Apart from Him, we have no salvation. Jesus is our ultimate hope. Jesus is our ultimate encouragement. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the encouragement and hope that we have in you. We thank you for your love and care that sustains us even when we're downcast or we stumble in this life. We give thanks for gifting us the body of Christ, especially in the context of the local church, so that we might stir one another up in love and good works, and we may strengthen one another in Christ. Amen.